Chapter Eighteen of Prodigal Daughters by Joseph Hawking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kate Fallis. Chapter Eighteen The Girls Are Located. John laughed as he put on his coat. He was still somewhat excited, although he had himself well under control. I don't think Mr. Barnes is very happy just now he said thank you for not interfering dad i couldn't have gone home happy if i had not put the fear of death into him the colonel was silent the whole evening had been a nightmare to him and although he could not help a feeling of satisfaction at barnes's discomfiture the grim realities of the whole business stood before him bare and gaunt we've no need to search further now went on john we know eleanor's address and where peg is that's something anyhow yes it's something admitted the colonel he started to his feet and walked around the room he had been able to keep calm during the time barnes was there but now he could no longer contain himself my boy he said this is hell just think of it yes i am relieved and more than relieved at what you have found out to-day i had feared other things i felt instinctively that the fellow was a villain and i was afraid but even as it is the thought of a child of mine having to spend her life with a thing like that is horrible horrible peg doesn't seem to think so no but she will she may be infatuated for the moment but in a few weeks she will realize the nature of the beast to which she is married and then i dread to think what may happen yes it's pretty bad admitted john with a sigh but by jove i am glad i gave him a licking and yet it was not much fun he had no fight in him he's just a heap of flesh that's all and had no more idea of using his fist than a flapper i almost got tired of knocking him down i was only afraid lest the other fellow should butt in and then you'd have had to take part in it it was not a very dignified affair dignified cried john how could you be dignified with a fellow like that he has no sense of decency nothing but brute force would make any appeal to him i've known that all along and you say you suspect it when you read his letter last night that things would turn out as they have i knew eleanor cried the boy and i felt sure in spite of all her talk that she would not allow peggy to do what you feared i was certain too that peg was not that sort of girl obstinate and mad as she is i wondered why i had not thought of going to somerset house before but i did not say anything for fear i might be mistaken first thing this morning however i started to make sure and i have got everything in black and white thank you my boy you are a greater comfort to me than you can imagine 
i don't know what i should have done but for you tears started to john's eyes as his father spoke like all modern boys he would suffer anything rather than show any kind of emotion but he was so much moved by his father's words that he dared not try to speak barnes will be a bit sensitive for the next day or two he laughed but what now dad what would you advise my boy it was wonderful how the colonel turned to this lad of his for years he had been a self-contained man acting on his own initiative and not seeking the advice of others but now almost instinctively he turned to his boy for advice and guidance and rejoiced in being able to do so let's go home to mother a few minutes later the colonel had paid for the room at the hotel and they were on their way to hampstead mrs trelawney knew the moment they entered that something had happened what is it she asked feverishly you have found out something yes replied the colonel you have seen them you know where they are we know where they are but we haven't seen them but why where are they tell me everything quickly eleanor has got work in the city replied the colonel she's a secretary in a business house and she's living in a block of flats which goes by the imposing name of st hildebrand's mansions and is peg with her the question was almost a gasp the colonel shook his head she's with that fellow he replied lester tell me you don't mean she did not finish the sentence but john who was watching every expression of her face felt sure of the ghastly thought that had haunted her she married him three days ago mother the boy informed her it took place at a registry office see here are the papers i was able to get a copy of them she snatched the copy of the marriage certificate from his hand as a ravenous beast might snatch its prey and eagerly devoured every word then she threw her arms around her husband's neck and sobbed convulsively oh my darling she said thank god it's no worse did you fear anything worse asked the colonel i feared everything she replied i would not admit it even to myself but i have been half mad for days you are sure this is all right and she nodded towards the certificate absolutely replied the colonel grimly at any rate you know the worst now a weight seemed to have dropped from the mother and she became almost cheerful tell me what happened she said let me hear everything the colonel described the interview minutely while she listened intently seeming scarcely to breathe when he came to the description of john's part in the affair however a change passed over her face she looked anxiously at the boy and there was a fearful look in her eyes oh no no not that 
she cried he is bigger and stronger than you john is he laughed john ask him i bet you ten pounds to a penny mother that he'll not forget this night in a hurry and you you yes i horsewhipped him laughed the boy no decent fellow could help it why he insulted peg but he'll think twice before he tries on that sort of thing again they now found themselves able to talk over the whole matter quietly and collectively later now that she knew where her two girls were and that the dark clouds of mystery which had surrounded them had been swept aside mrs trelawney was able to talk calmly almost hopefully her heart went out to them too defiant and disobedient as they had been she was still their mother and she began to make all sorts of plans as to what could be done for them we must not be hard on them lester she said they are our children still yes they are our children still assented the colonel but what can we do for them oh i want them home i want them home yes replied the colonel whose heart in spite of himself had been embittered by the scene through which he had just passed but they left home they have defied us remember eleanor's letter my dear and think of what peg has done yes but they are our children it was the mother heart that pleaded you would not close your doors against them would you the colonel thought a few seconds before speaking no he replied as you say they are our children and our door must be always open to them but evidently they don't want to come home ah but they will they will see the meaning of what they have done and then their hearts will turn to us we must go to them and tell them that we love them still and she looked into her husband's eyes pleadingly i think i see what's in your mind alice and the colonel could not help speaking somewhat sternly if eleanor will come home repentant and contrite and will promise obedience she shall receive a glad welcome she shall not be reproached or upbraided but she must be penitent and obedient yes i suppose you are right mrs trelawney sighed after a long silence but what of little peggy our home must be peg's home too replied the colonel as you say she is our child but what of that man she has married him he is her husband i know nothing of that replied the colonel to me he is a complete outsider and and he is beneath contempt i will not have my house sullied by his presence as for peggy she knew my will about the matter i forbade her to have anything further to do with him but she defied me in face of our wishes she left home for him and she has well-nigh broken our hearts 
i know that she's still our child even her defiance and her disobedience have not undone that fact and if ever she needs me she knows where to find me but that poisonous thing no i will not have him here as mrs trelawney looked at her husband's face she knew that he was adamant and that no amount of pleading on her part would alter him then what can we do she asked nothing was the reply they have defied us they have left us there is nothing to be done but i want to see my children i want to tell them i love them still don't you see lester peg's in the power of that man while eleanor will be homeless friendless not by any act of mine replied the colonel both of them went away by their own desire and we have no reason to believe that they wish to come back i could not rest until i knew what had happened to them but now i know there is nothing more to be done they have made their bed and they must lie on it i am afraid you are right his wife admitted but i want to see them let the first overtures of affection come from our side what do you want me to do trelawney asked let us go to them lester let us make them feel that they are not homeless well replied the colonel after a silence i think you are right we will do that but when now cried the mother do not let us wait a moment longer the colonel looked at his watch it is past nine he said still it shall be as you say a few minutes later they were in a taxicab moving rapidly in the direction of holborn but their journey was in vain neither eleanor nor peggy was to be found at the addresses barnes had given the former they were informed by a woman who rented a room in the mansions had gone to some place of amusement where she did not know peggy had also left her rooms and no one had any idea as to where she had gone we must go again said mrs trelawney when they returned home i cannot rest till i have seen my children the next night colonel and mrs trelawney again made their way to st hildebrand's mansions they had carefully calculated as to the time of eleanor's possible return and made their plans accordingly the colonel was in doubt as to the wisdom of their action but yielded to his wife's solicitations when they arrived they found that their daughter had not long returned from business on the whole eleanor trelawney was not dissatisfied with the results of the step she had taken her work at speke and burnham's was not unpleasant and up to the present mr wakeham had treated her with marked courtesy it was true she did not always quite understand the attitude he had adopted towards her but she had nothing to complain of the flat she had been able to secure was far from what she could have desired but sufficient for her present needs 
moreover as she had joined another girl in renting the rooms she found to her delight that she was able to meet the expenses without much difficulty it was true she missed the refinements of her home life and had more than once caught herself comparing the somewhat grim discomfort of her apartments with her home in hampstead still she had her liberty no one interfered with her actions and as she had several friends who were of her own way of thinking she had not suffered much from loneliness also as she had more than once declared she had gained her self-respect she was no longer a useless parasite dependent upon her father's bounty and she had no longer to help her mother in household work which she greatly detested on the night in question she was alone the girl who shared her rooms had accepted an invitation to dinner with a friend who had promised to take her to a theatre afterwards and thus no one was in the room but herself she was on the point of starting to look up tamsin corey when she heard a knock on the door thinking it might be tamsin herself she rushed almost eagerly and opened the door and saw to her dismay her father and mother were standing before her for some time there was an awkward silence neither of them felt sure how to greet the other eleanor had thought that there was not the slightest danger of her whereabouts being discovered tamsin had told her of the endeavours which had been made in that direction and how impossible it was for them to know where she lived therefore she was astonished and somewhat chagrined at seeing her parents mrs trelawney was the first to break the silence oh eleanor my dear she cried how could you by this time the girl had recovered her usual sang-froid and was able to speak collectedly won't you sit down she asked coolly both of them entered the room and mrs trelawney gave a quick glance around her eleanor my darling she said how could you leave home for this it was an unwise remark to make and immediately the girl steeled her heart against any overtures which might be made i am sorry my menage does not appeal to you was her reply but as i am not complaining i do not think any one needs to trouble besides i did not intend you to find out where i had gone i am sorry you have my daughter said the colonel kindly i am sorry you have adopted this attitude we have come to you with nothing but the kindest feelings in our hearts the girl was silent i hear you have obtained a position he went on and that you work somewhere in the city but surely there is no need for you to live here alone it would be quite easy for you to live at hampstead at any rate i have got what i desire here was the response may i ask what exactly you mean by that certainly she replied i am able to respect myself i earn my own living i pay for my own rooms and food and i am not dependent on others then you refuse to come home remember my dear 
that it is your home i refuse to live in hampstead replied the girl there is no reason why you cannot have your self-respect as you call it and still live at home said the colonel as he laughed a little uneasily if you like and if it would make you feel any happier you could pay your mother just what you pay here why then live amidst this discomfort do you wish me to speak plainly eleanor asked certainly i do replied the colonel then let me ask you this can i if i live at home as you call it have the same liberty i have here can i choose my own friends without question and without remark can i live my own life can i come when i like and go when i like without asking for permission from any one is that what you demand certainly it is i thought i had made that plain to you and it is because you have decided to restrict my actions that i have done what i have then you refuse to come back unless i have absolute freedom yes but my dear cried mrs trelawney don't you realize what you are doing don't you see that you are breaking our hearts have you no affection for us at all think what you owe to your father what do i owe him cried the girl and for the first time there was a note of passion in her voice it is true he brought me up fed me clothed me educated me but he was obliged to do that and personally i do not see what debt of gratitude i owe him as for affection she shrugged her shoulders and then went on he left home when i was a child then when he came back he thought he had the right to interfere with my life he dictated the times i should go out and come in he arrogated to himself the right to say what amusements i should enjoy he prohibited me from bringing the friends i desired to the house he treated me as if i were a child i told him i would not submit to it and i persisted in my decision i do not ask his approval or his dissent as for affection for him i frankly admit i haven't a particle but my dear urged mrs trelawney the bible says oh stop mother interrupted the girl i am too old to be influenced by nursery stories and please remember this i am old enough to think for myself and act for myself and you may rest assured whatever happens to me i shall not trouble you but we cannot help being troubled my dear cried the mother whether you care about us or not we care about you and think of what has happened to peggy have you found out where she is too asked the girl of course we have said the colonel don't you see that you are in danger of ruining your life as she has ruined hers how has she ruined her life asked eleanor she has married the man she loves or pretends to love the man you forbade her to meet 
if you had had your way you would stamp out her individuality forbid all her natural desires and make her a creature of your whim of course i think she's a fool as i think any girl is to marry a man but that's her affair have you seen her since last night asked the colonel may i know why you ask there was defiance in her tone yes you may replied the colonel and i will tell you because i think you ought to know the kind of thing you aided and abetted that creature barnes wrote to me and asked for an interview i arranged to meet him at the cosmopolitan hotel last night when he came he had the audacity to tell me that although they were not married peggy and he were living together but they are and the girl's cheeks flushed as she spoke i saw to that she hesitated a second and seemed confused i i insisted on being a witness to the marriage yes replied the colonel john discovered that but barnes did not think i knew it and so he tried to bargain with me that creature that that poisonous reptile had the audacity to tell me that if i would be reasonable and would consent to recognize him and set them up in a house he would make peg your sister an honest woman think of it and the colonel's nostrils quivered as he spoke and what did you do what did you say she could not repress the interest she felt it was not what i did or said replied the colonel john was there with me and the boy gave the rascal the thrashing he deserved of course i know she's a fool was eleanor's retort but she had made up her mind and when i saw the attitude you took i let her go her own way what right had you to interfere she has her own life to live both of us have done what thousands of others are doing we have simply refused to submit to the restrictions of those who have no right to control us and is that all you have to say asked the colonel sadly i think enough has been said she replied insolently and would you mind my telling you that i wish to be alone i have chosen my own life and i will abide by my choice good-night said the colonel presently but remember this eleanor you'll live to regret this kind of thing eleanor shrugged her shoulders won't you kiss me eleanor pleaded the mother remember my dear you are our child and our door will always be open to you sadly the father and mother made their way into the street while eleanor her face hard and rigid stood staring with unseeing eyes into vacancy i was afraid it would be of no use said the colonel let's go home not yet pleaded mrs trelawney let us go to peggy End of chapter 18